the sales tax rate in California is about 8.5%, bit higher in some counties, a bit lower in others, because it is the state rate, about 6%, the county rate, an additional 1.25%. So now you're up to 7.25 total. And then the city may impose an additional tax. I believe it's 1%. And then there are districts in certain locations that can add on an additional percent or less than a percent or more than a percent. You are listening to US Tax, a podcast for Australian accountants with US clients. Welcome to US episode 25 of US Tax. This is Heide Robson. Until June 2018, US sales tax was relatively straightforward. States could only charge you sales tax if you had a physical presence in the state, like a shop or a warehouse. But then came the famous court case, South Dakota versus Wayfair. And you might have heard of it. You might have heard of the Wayfair decision or the Wayfair case. And Wayfair is a bit of a tongue twister when you come with a German accent. And there, the Supreme Court decided on the 21st of June 2018 that the states were not limited to physical presence as an nexus, as they had been until then, but could also charge sales tax based on an economic nexus. And so today, pretty much all states charge sales tax, if they have sales tax, charge sales tax based on physical presence or an economic nexus. And so does California. California. Did you know that it has a population of 40 million and is the fifth largest economy in the world after the US as a whole, China, Japan and Germany and more productive than India or the UK? Did you know that? I had no clue. I knew they were big, but I didn't know they were that big. So when your clients expand into the US, there's a high chance that a large part of their sales will be in California and that puts Californian sales tax onto the table. So today... Edwin Antolin of Vallejo Antolin Agarwal Kanta, or in short, WAC, in Walnut Creek, California, will walk you through the pitfalls of Californian sales tax. Talking of pitfalls, we had a slight challenge in this recording. Ed had a very good mic, but the problem was that the mic insisted on being used for both input and output, so he couldn't hear me. And so we changed to his airport for both input and output, but the gain was enormous, and we stopped that after 50 seconds and changed back to the good mic, and you will hear why. But even though those first 50 seconds, the audio quality is not great, what Ed is saying is really helpful and I still wanted to give it to you. So after these 50 seconds, there is a short transition and then we change to Ed's good mic and Ed will talk to you directly without me butting in and then later on we worked things out and so then you will hear me as well. So here's Edwin Antelin of WEC walking you through Californian sales tax. state and local tax has a lot of complexity in it that is different from the complexity that is in federal tax. And on the federal side, tax is driven primarily by the code. It's really code-driven. On the state tax side, we also have a code, so it's very code-driven, but we also are taking into account other types of law, primarily the U.S. Constitution, which places very important limits on state taxing power. To really be a state tax, either accountant or lawyer in the United States, you really need to be partially a constitutional law expert, because so much of the law that drives state tax is 
derived from the US Constitution, and then also some state constitutional provisions like in California. So let's start with, um, at the very top, state sales tax, thresholds for gross receipts, number of transactions. In California, for sales tax, there is an economic nexus standard, and the standard is $500,000 of sales to California customers. If you cross that threshold, then the state will treat you as being engaged in business in California, and you'll be required to either collect or remit sales or use tax or both. There is not in California a number of transaction threshold, and that is different from many other states. So what makes California a bit unique from other states is one, the $500,000 threshold. That's quite a bit higher than most states. Most states are around $100,000. And then two, the number of transaction threshold. California does not have that number of transaction threshold, but many other states do. For example, they'll say if you have 100 transactions in the state, you are doing business, even if that number of transactions, the revenue from that transactions is less than the sales or gross receipts threshold. So when do you have to register in California? Only when you have passed that threshold. Although many states will say, if you have passed that threshold, then you have to register and for this year and for the following, the next year. So that's a little bit of a nuance in most states. And how do you register? That's very simple. In California and in most states, there's an online portal to register. So that's not difficult to do. Do you need an EIN if you are a corporate entity? In most cases, you do. For an international business, I think if you are not required to file or you are exempt from federal income tax, you may not have an EIN, so you may not be able to supply that. And it may be a little bit tricky then to to register in California. How often do you file and pay? And that depends on the amount of revenue that you have. Most taxpayers in California for sales and use taxes file on either a quarterly basis, that's most, or a monthly basis if revenues are very high. If revenues are very low, then they will allow you to file on an annual basis. Returns are due on the quarterly and monthly filers. They're due after the end of each month or each quarter, but before the last day of the following month, after the end of the month or the end of the quarter. So what are the rates? So California has a lot of different tax rates for sales and use tax purposes. The state rate is the highest. It is, I believe it's 6% or so. The county rate is 1.25%, then the cities can also impose an additional sales or use tax. And that may be 1% or maybe higher. And then on top of all of that, for sales and use tax purposes, there are special districts in California that also impose a sales or use tax. And that could add another percent or even 2%. So the rates vary quite a bit from jurisdiction to jurisdiction within California, depending on the state rate is stable, whether the county is imposed, it's 1.25% tax, all have, and then whether the city has added on a tax and whether there are additional district taxes that get added on to the base sales tax rates. And for example, the districts are, could be a transportation district, it could be some other type of district to raise revenue for a very specific area. 
how do you track parcels arriving from overseas to California addresses? I don't know if the state tracks those parcels. Coming from overseas, if it comes through U.S. mail, I don't know if the state government is connected to the United States Post Office to track that or to FedEx or UPS or DHL or any of the other carriers. It's mostly a voluntary system in California to track and to report when you have a sales or use tax liability. So in general, if you are an out-of-state seller and you are selling to customers in California, if you are over the threshold, say $500,000, then you are required to collect the use tax on sales to California customers. If you are below that threshold, you, the retailer, are not required to collect the use tax on sales to California customers, and the purchaser in California is obligated to report, self-report the use tax on that purchase from an out-of-state seller. Question, is there a threshold per parcel? Like I said, I don't think, I've not heard of California tracking parcels coming in from out-of-state for sales and use tax purposes. Do all sellers need to pay sales tax? So if you are a retailer in California making sales in California, then yes, you are obligated to collect sales tax on the taxable sales. To take a step back, California, like almost all states, but not all, imposes a sales and use tax. In California, the tax applies to sales of tangible personal property, not to services, but there are exceptions. Some tangible personal property is not taxed. For example, grocery items are not subject to tax in California, but a seller of groceries would need to be registered still with the state of California. And if you're an out-of-state entity, you wouldn't collect sales tax on those transactions. If you are over the threshold for doing business, over $500,000, you would be required to collect use tax on those transactions because if the sale occurs wholly within California, the buyer and the seller are in California and the property transfers in California, that would be subject to sales tax. But if the seller is outside of California and sending the goods from outside the state into California, that would not be a sales tax transaction technically. That would be a use tax transaction, but the rates are the same. So functionally, it's, it's often viewed as one and the same. So I'll stop right there, Heidi, and that's the end of the sales tax questions that you had. And maybe if you have questions, we can, we can go through that. The economic nexus is just purely based on the address. Economic nexus based solely on the address. And I assume by that, you mean the destination of where you're sending your goods. It is based on that. It is the location of your sales. So if you are selling and delivering to California customers and those total sales to California customers exceed $500,000, then the out-of-state seller will be deemed to be engaged in business in California. And then what that means, it needs to register, and then it would need to collect use tax on those transactions where it is shipping goods to California customers, assuming those are taxable transactions. They may not be taxable. One exception to the sales or use tax is a sale for resale. So if I produce shoes and I'm based in Australia and I'm sending those shoes to a wholesaler 
in California for resale to others, then those sales would count to determine whether or not I need to register, whether or not I cross the $500,000 threshold, but those sales would not be taxable in California. So I would file a return that shows zero taxable sales because sales for resale are not taxable in California. So in California, there is a $500,000 threshold for sales and use tax purposes, and there is no number of transaction threshold. So if you had a thousand transactions or a million transactions in California, but the total of those transactions was less than $500,000, you would not be required to register with California. California is a bit different than most other states do have a dollar amount threshold and a number of transactions threshold. So California is just different from most states in that way. Then the online portal, I think you said you need an EIN. And if you are an individual, then of course you don't have an SSN, then you probably have to get an ITIN, I assume. So for registering through California's online portal, I believe that corporations do need EINs and that individuals do need SSNs. They ask for quite a bit of personal information, actually. They ask for driver's license numbers and things like that from the principals for any business, even if it's a corporation. They want to know who the principals are and to get information about the principals as well. You mentioned that it is a voluntary system. If a retailer, be it in California or from overseas, doesn't claim sales tax, I assume that they are liable for it. So if an Australian business sells into the US, doesn't collect sales tax in California because they don't know, I assume they would be liable for the sales tax they didn't collect. So in California, it's a voluntary system of retailers reporting their taxable sales to California. Of course, California can do an audit. Um, it's also a voluntary system for individual purchasers in California who purchase from vendors who are not in California to report use tax if the vendor hasn't collected the use tax from the in-state purchaser. So what happens if a retailer outside the state fails to collect the appropriate use tax on a transaction? In that situation, assuming that that out-of-state seller is above the $500,000 threshold and was required to collect use tax on sales to California purchasers, if the retailer fails to collect in that situation, then California certainly could go after that out-of-state retailer by doing an audit, issuing an assessment, and going through that whole process. That happens quite frequently, actually. That's pretty regular in California. You also had a question about the distinction between sales tax and use tax. And it is an important distinction. It is not just academic. So the sales tax is when the whole transaction occurs within California. So you have a store in California that is selling shoes to a buyer in California. The whole deal is wholly within California. That's a sales tax transaction. And what does that mean? That means that the sales tax is imposed on the retailer. So the taxpayer is the retailer. Now the store, the retailer can collect sales tax reimbursement from the buyer, and it often does in California, but it doesn't have to. So if for some reason the store decided it did not want to collect sales tax from its customers in California, it doesn't need to do that. It's important because if there is an assessment, the retailer is the entity that is liable for the assessment, not the purchaser 
on a sales tax transaction. Now, on a use tax transaction, it is different. The taxpayer, the technical taxpayer for a use tax transaction is the purchaser, not the seller. So if I buy shoes in California, I'm a California resident and I buy shoes from an out-of-state seller of shoes, I, the purchaser, am the taxpayer. That use tax is imposed on me. And if I don't pay it, I could get assessed by the state of California. And the only twist with that is if a out-of-state retailer selling shoes to me has over $500,000 in sales, then the out-of-state retailer is obligated to collect the use tax. It is not technically the taxpayer, but it is obligated to collect the use tax. And if it fails to do so, then the out-of-state retailer can be assessed for failing to collect the use tax. So they're a little bit different in who the tax is imposed upon. The sales tax and the use tax are a little bit different. It's a practical matter. The rates are the same. The things that are taxed are the same. The same exemptions and all of that apply to both. So to your question about if you are out of state selling into California, that's going to be a use tax transaction. Now, if you are in Australia and you're selling to a domestic U.S.-based LLC based in Nevada, and then that Nevada LLC is then in turn selling to me in California, that would still be a use tax transaction. You have an out-of-state seller, the Nevada LLC, that is sending goods to me in California. That is a use tax transaction. Now, if you are an Australian retailer and you set up a California-based LLC to make those sales to me in California, now that's going to become a sales tax transaction. And so now the LLC in California would be treated as the retailer and would be treated as the taxpayer on that transaction. Didn't realize that you have to register even if you don't have any retail sales. The moment that your sales exceed $500,000, you have to register $500,000 into California, of course. You have to register even if you don't have a single dollar of retail sales. That's interesting. So there would be lots of companies that are registered for sales tax in California and never have to file a tax return. They even still have to file a tax return, correct? Do they still have to file a tax return? If they're registered, they would have to. But I think as a practical matter, the out-of-state company, if they're making only sales for resale, so non-taxable sales, I think they would have to decide, do I register or do I not register? Because there's no real downside to not registering for sales and use tax purposes. You're not filing a return, but if you did file a return, it would show zero taxable sales anyway. So do you bother to do it? Uh, I think if you're domestic and you think your business is really going to grow, maybe you do go ahead and register because California is a very large economy and it's just eventually you're going to probably have to be registered and file returns and maybe have taxable sales. But if you're just starting and you're a foreign entity wanting to get into California, maybe, maybe not. I think the, the, there's a kind of a practical, is it worth the cost of having someone prepare the returns and file them every quarter or every month or whatever versus 
just sitting and doing nothing and then waiting to see if later you need to register because it makes sense for your business. Is there a penalty if you don't register when you should have? I don't think there is a penalty. The penalties are typically based off of the sales or the tax. And if you don't owe tax, then I don't see much downside to not registering. You mentioned that there are audits and that also out-of-states or even out-of-country sellers might get audited. But California wouldn't have any jurisdiction outside of California. So I can imagine if they don't get the answers to their questions, they can just, I don't know, do something in California, like confiscate stock in a warehouse or so. But they wouldn't have any jurisdiction outside of California, correct? They couldn't go into a different state. That is correct. But I can tell you the agency that administers the state sales and use tax, that's the California Department of Tax and Fee Administration or the CDTFA, they do have offices outside of California. They have an office in New York, an office in Chicago, and an office in Houston. And the purpose for those offices is to do audits. So they will contact companies that are registered with California and say, look, we're, you know, your, your company has come up for audit. We want to visit your office, look at your records. And they do do that. They do not have offices outside of the United States. And I think it's a practical matter. It's just very difficult. If you are a retailer in Australia sending goods into California, and if you cross the threshold, it's just going to be very difficult for California to do that audit. But They do have ways to try to collect if they wanted to. And what they could do is they could find who your customers are. And that is typically how they would first find an out-of-state or out-of-country seller anyway. They audit someone in California and they look at their purchases and they say, oh, company X, company X is registered, no problem. Company B, oh, company B is not registered. They had $500,000 of sales. Why are they not registered? We'll send them a letter and ask them to be registered. Now, if company B ignores that letter and California decides, oh, we think that there were taxable sales that have not been properly reported, they could eventually, after going through lots of process, try to collect the tax owed by contacting company B's customers in California and say, customer in California... We know that you make purchases from company B. Instead of paying company B for those purchases, company B owes us $100,000. Please remit that to the state of California. And I have seen thing, that example before. So they have a way to, even though they don't have jurisdiction, of course, to go to Australia, they have a way to exercise their jurisdiction in California to try to collect the tax from out-of-state sellers. Now it becomes very interesting what you said before about use tax and who with sales tax and use tax and who is the um, taxpayer actually. Because with use tax in this example, if the overseas entity sells directly into California, then the Californian customer counts as the taxpayer, correct? For the, for the use tax. And hence the Californian customer is liable for the sales tax that wasn't paid. Technically the use tax, yes. Yeah, yeah, the use tax. Sorry, the Californian customer is then liable for the use tax. That's right. So in my example, what California would probably do first is say, company in California, you made purchases from an out-of-state seller. You didn't report the use tax. So we're going to assess the company in California for the use tax. And then they may contact the out-of-state seller 
and say, you know, were there other sales? And then if the out-of-state seller ignores that question, then California could then, like I said earlier, try to collect what they estimate to be the correct tax owed by the out-of-state seller. Another question. When you have the buyer and the seller within California, it's a sales tax, and the seller is actually the taxpayer. So the buyer has nothing to do with this collection of tax in a way, it's the seller. So why disclose prices net of sales tax? Well, typically the way it works in California is you walk into a store, you choose a pair of shoes, you walk up to the cash register And they will say it's $100 for the shoes plus $8.5 for the sales tax. And the buyer will agree to pay that 8.5% sales tax to reimburse the seller for that tax. That's just the common way that it's done. But that technically is just an agreement between the buyer and the seller to have the buyer reimburse the retailer for the sales tax. You just said 8.5%. I thought the sales tax in California was 7.25%. Has it just gone up? Well, the sales tax rate in California is about 8.5%, a bit higher in some counties, a bit lower in others, because it is the state rate, about 6%. The county rate, plus that's an additional 1.25%. So now you're up to 7.25 total. And then the city may impose an additional tax. I believe it's 1%. And then there are districts in certain locations that can add on an additional percent or less than a percent or more than a percent. But all of this is collected through the one state sales tax return, correct? Yes. So there are many different jurisdictions that are imposing this, but all of it is unified under one state agency. So there's only one return that's filed. And that state agency, the CDTFA, collects all the tax and then distributes it to the state, the counties, the cities, and the districts. You really need software. You wouldn't be able to do this manually. That's correct. If you are an out-of-state seller selling to in-state customers, it's almost impossible to do manually because the city tax and the district tax may not even be correlated to a, a zip code. It may be correlated to a portion of a zip code. And you just need to know the geographic area of that district that is imposing the tax or that city that is imposing the tax. And really the easiest way to do it today is by software. And there are many software vendors that will compute automatically the sales tax and file the sales tax returns for or use tax returns um, mm -hmm. for the companies. The biggest one is TaxJar, correct? There are a handful of big ones that I'm aware of. TaxJar is one. Avalara is another one. I think Vertex is another one in California or in, in the United States. I'd like to make one comment about the sales and use tax that we were talking about. So it is true that California has a $500,000 threshold for sales and use tax nexus in California. But if you are under $500,000, but you have physical presence in California, you would also be viewed as engaged in business in California. So a good example of that is you open a store in California. You have very little sales, maybe $100,000 of sales. So you are under the economic threshold for sales and use tax, but you are physically present here. In that situation, you do have to register. You are in the state and 
have to register. Would a 3PL warehouse count as a store? So let me address that. So let's address the, the 3PL warehouse for sales tax purposes first, and then we'll talk about the implications for income tax. For sales and use tax purposes, California has a special rule that if you are out of state and you store inventory, say you use fulfillment by Amazon, and you have inventory in California, you will not be treated as the retailer of those sales through the fulfillment by Amazon program or through whatever other fulfillment program you use. There's a special law, it's called the Marketplace Facilitator Law in California, and it provides that sellers like Amazon that are fulfilling sales on behalf of third parties are the retailers of those sales. So Amazon is obligated to collect sales or use tax on those transactions through their fulfillment by Amazon program. The out-of-state sellers are not treated as the retailers, so they don't have to worry about collecting tax on those transactions. But the CDTFA, the Agency in California for Sales and Use Tax, they say that For purposes of adding up to see whether you have $500,000 in sales or not in California, you do count your Amazon FBA sales. Now, you're not the retailer technically, but to tell whether or not you have crossed over the $500,000 threshold, you count the sales through the Amazon program. Three things. The first one is, when we talk about Amazon, there are two things. There's A, the Amazon sales platform, where I present my goods for sale and where somebody might buy it. But then there's also the fulfillment. And the two things don't have to necessarily match each other. So I could be selling through Amazon and not fulfill through Amazon, or I could be selling through Shopify and use Amazon for the fulfillment. Which one triggers that Amazon becomes the retailer? the sales marketplace or the fulfillment? That's a good question. I think, although I'm not 100% certain, but I think that in either case, if Amazon is holding the inventory and is fulfilling the sales, I think it would be treated as the retailer under California's new marketplace rules. So it would have to collect. And if it is not Amazon, then I guess it would be the out-of-state retailer that would be making those sales. Whoever has the goods at the time of sale, I guess, and whoever ships it is then the retailer, I can imagine. Yeah, for sure. If the goods are in Amazon's possession in California, it will definitely be treated as the retailer when Amazon sends those goods to a California purchaser. But if Amazon stores inventory in a non-California warehouse, say they store inventory in Nevada and are then fulfilling orders and sending goods to a California customer, I think even in that situation, Amazon would be treated as the retailer under this new rule. And also there's kind of an older rule that's always been in place, which says that if you are a consignee, so you have, you take possession of someone's property and you hold it and then you sell it, you have authority to sell it. When someone comes to buy it in that consignment transaction, the consignee is viewed as the retailer in California, even though they don't technically own that property, they have possession of it and authority to transfer legal title to it. And in that situation, they're treated as the retailer of the property. Say I sell $100 through Shopify and Amazon fulfills it. And so Amazon counts as the retailer because they held the product at the time of sale. And so they ship it out to an address in California. 
Who charges the sales tax to the customer? Well, that's a good question. So in the simple example, if Amazon is doing the whole transaction, you know, you go to the Amazon's website, you make the purchase, and then they fulfill it, then they absolutely have to collect. But in the other example, if you go to Shopify's website and make a purchase, but then the inventory is held by Amazon and fulfilled by Amazon. Sorry, let me just quickly make a cut here, jump ahead. And then in a minute or two, I will come back to you with some thoughts. You know what? We might have to put Shopify aside because Shopify never appears. You know, Shopify is basically just the back end. The website is in the company's name, in the seller's name. Shopify just provides the software behind to do inventory management, to do the um, ordering, to do the payment. And I'm not sure that Shopify will assume a liability for sales tax. We I might agree. Put if, that they're not, if they're not actually facilitating the sale, but they are providing the interface so that some retailer outside of California can process the transaction. I think it would be the out of, if they're really just behind the scenes, providing the technology for the shopping cart and all of that, I think that they would not be the retailer in that situation. So if you put Shopify aside for a later day, but if you are selling through Amazon, then Amazon definitely would be liable for the uh, sales tax or the use tax, or it would be sales tax because Amazon is the taxpayer. Amazon would be liable for the sales tax and hence would make sure it gets collected. That's correct. That's correct. So let me just quickly butt in here. What we have been discussing, what Ed Antolin has been very well laid out, are the marketplace facilitator rules. And I have to really concentrate on this because it's quite a tongue twister. Marketplace facilitator rules. 44 of the 50 states have implemented the marketplace facilitator rules. And what this does is it creates another nexus. So California, just like any other state, can only charge you sales tax If there's a nexus between you and California, a connection between you and California, they can't just go and charge sales tax to anybody willy-nilly. There needs to be a connection, a nexus. And this nexus can be a physical presence. For example, because you store inventory in California through a 3PL service. It can be an economic nexus because your sales in California exceed $500,000. But the nexus can also be established when you sell through a marketplace facilitator. And marketplace facilitators are Amazon, Etsy, eBay, Walmart, and the lot. When you sell through these, the market facilitator is the retailer and hence liable for sales tax. However, Shopify is not a market facilitator. That is really important. Shopify is not a marketplace facilitator. And so the rules we just discussed don't apply to Shopify or WooCommerce and any of the other platforms that are like Shopify. Because the shop front is basically yours. Anything tangible is yours. You hold the inventory, you decide who fulfills it. Shopify just does the back end to help you with the software, basically. It's basically like a software as a service. And for that reason, the marketplace facilitator rules don't apply to Shopify. However, Shopify can collect the sales tax on your behalf. You definitely can turn that on in Shopify. But it is not Shopify collecting the sales tax. It is you collecting the sales tax. So the money comes to you 
and then you have to pass it on to the relevant revenue collecting agency. But just make a note of this for now. We will come back to the market facilitator nexus in another update. We touched on local taxes in that you said they're basically collected together with the state taxes. Because I kind of thought local taxes are surely too complicated. Somebody who is in California sending a parcel to somebody in Sacramento surely isn't expected to register with the local council or something. But I think from what you're saying, I gather the answer is it's collected all together in this one tax return. If we were hitting those... For sales tax... Local taxes are all collected by one agency and it's easy. But in California, the localities impose other taxes completely different from sales and use tax, completely different from the state income tax. And so those are also just another layer of complexity for out-of-state taxpayers. So for example, San Francisco and LA impose a tax on gross receipts from sales to customers in those cities. And San Francisco has its own threshold, which I believe is $500,000 to customers in San Francisco. And if you cross that threshold, now you are subject to California's gross receipts tax. You mean San Francisco's gross receipt tax? Yes. And it is a different tax from the sales tax and from the income tax. And you have to register with the city of San Francisco and file returns with the city of San Francisco. Yes. I'm hoping that that won't affect businesses in Australia because it would be a major operation if they had $500,000 of sales just into San Francisco or just into Los Angeles. That's true. So I'm hoping that buck will pass us. Yeah, hopefully. I mean, if you have one big contract, maybe if you are a software vendor or something like that, a big license to yes, a, that's a good customer. Point. But as far as like selling sneakers or something like that, yeah, probably harder to cross the thresholds. Yes. Welcome back. So Californian sales tax starts at 7.25% and can go up to 10.75%, depending on which district your customer is in. In the next update, US 26, let's talk about Californian income tax. That will also be quite confusing and this is just as important to work out when your clients are moving into the States. Until then, thank you for listening. Bye for now and see you in the next update. <music>